Hi, it's Cammy Chris Kamara, and you are listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening from wherever you are listening from. Welcome to episode 45 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast, the number one Wakefield Trinity podcast worldwide. I am your co-host, Jamie Robinson, and once again, I am joined by my co-host, my dad, Lee Robinson. How are we doing, Dad? Hello, uh, welcome to Monday Night's podcast again. Uh, after their great win at Bellevue yesterday, we invite another member of the Wakefield Trinity ladies team onto the podcast tonight. But we go straight to the top this time and welcome head coach Charlie Doherty. Charlie, thanks for joining us, mate. Oh, thanks for having me on. Really happy to be invited on. We were just briefly chatting beforehand, Charlie. Obviously, we, we want to really try and push every side of Wakefield Trinity on this podcast, not just the male side. They've got uh, years upon years of history, but you're building some history of your own at your minute, aren't you? We are trying to, yeah, we, you know, we, we're trying to add to the history of the club as much as we can. Uh, we feel like we're hopefully a valuable part of that at the minute. Definitely. So, big win yesterday for anybody who was on the way. Second win of the season, second win against Cass as well. Yeah, massive. It's always good to beat the ones from down the road. I think, I think we could do helping the blokes to do it as well, I think, sometimes. But, yeah, it's massive for us. That one's absolutely massive. We did say that to Phoebe, actually. Obviously, I think, what is it, 16 or 17 losses on the bounce for the men's team and the women's team have won two in a row now, so they might need to uh, ask them for a few tips. Yeah, ask the girls. They'll love to help them out, I think. So, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit of your upbringing, Charlie. We know that you're from, you're not a local lad from, from around here. You're from Bradford initially, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, Bradford boy. Um, grew up watching Bradford Bulls and they're in the heyday. Uh, you know, it's a bit sad to see where they've gone, but that's just how things have gone. I've started playing rugby when I was six, and I think I've been in it ever since, and I've loved it ever since. Were oh, your heroes at Oddsville when you went down there? Uh, boys like Mickey Withers, James Laws, Paul Deacon, uh, more recent ones, Steve Menzies, sort of boys like that, really. Did you follow um, them Did you follow them regularly? You go to the grand finals and things? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to be at the age where you got invited to play at half time. So my, my best memory were I played at half time with the World Cup Challenger and it was a gal farm. Um, when Bradford Bulls beat West Tigers there, and that were that were massive. That's something I've never forgot. Good stuff. So that was my next question. Did you play rugby yourself? And obviously you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I still do. I play the wrong code, but I still do. <laughs> Excellent stuff, mate. So in terms of obviously what, what brought you into rugby league? Was it just being in the Bradford area or was it just being interested in the back garden playing with, with any of your family? Well, strangely enough, out of my back window, Warwick Community Club, Victoria Rangers. So the first thing I ever saw in my bedroom was people training and playing rugby. So I think it just kind of, my mum said I just, I was watching it all the time and then she just took me up one day and it's just, it just sprang from there, really. Superb stuff, mate. And then obviously going into your... To your later years, your formative years, teenage-wise, did you play for a, for a club team more consistently? Uh, yeah, so Victoria Rangers, my main, uh, my main one, stayed with them for a long time. Um, unfortunately, they folded, you know, as a lot of things do these days. So I moved across to Clayton. Uh, again, another team from Bradford, a bit deeper into Bradford. And then I went to university and started playing at university. Superb stuff, mate. Where did you go to uni? I went to Leeds Trinity. Up nice. in did you, so I went to Huddersfield. They're obviously a bit of a rival school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. University, league or union? 
uh, University League. Ah, okay, okay, interesting. So we might have actually played against each other. I played at Uddersfield. Did you play Uddersfield quite often? Yeah, the Blue Ghosts. We always <laughs> had a few good games against them down at Lockwood. Yeah, I, I mean, I must have played against you then. I didn't realise that. So what position were you at? What, what did you prefer to play? Uh, I, were, I were prop and I were there. I started off as a nine and as you do, you move a bit into the bigger boy positions, don't you, when you when you figure out there some of the evening life. But... <laughs> so, mate. so, in terms of obviously university, what, what did you study and, and why did you choose that? Uh, I did primary P in sports coaching. Sports coaching, it was just a matter of interested in when, obviously, when you start playing rugby, you want to be a player. I kind of figured out that that wasn't going to happen. So, when I hit that, I went into sports coaching and I thought, yeah, because my dad was my coach. My dad was my coach when I was junior. So I was always around what my dad was doing and coaching and planning stuff. And he was seeing how players developed and you could see that spark. And my dad used to talk about that quite a bit. And it was something that when I started doing it, I kind of went, oh, yeah, I see what he means. And ever since then, I've loved it, really. Is that the coach? Is that where your coaching, sort of coaching career started? Uh, university, yeah. So when I was in my second year, I, I lived with a fella. I lived with a lad from uni who uh, from Crigleston. Uh -huh. So his dad coaches up there and he said, oh, look, Elliot's doing this team. Do you mind helping him out? I said, no, that's fair enough. And then I went up there, started coaching in Crigleston and then I've been in work ever since, really. <laughs> Is that Crigleston All Blacks? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I started out coaching there under 10s, I do believe. Did that for a couple of years and then he just went on from there. All right, we've had a few players from Crigleston over the year. I think James Batchelor and uh, I think he played there when he, uh, when he started as a youngster. Yeah, James Batch did. His brother played there. And then obviously we've got Jordy Crowder now who had a bit of a stint there as well. So it's, yeah. And I think Dave coaches their open age team as well. So that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. So what's your next coaching pathway, mate? Where did you go after Craig? Uh, Crigleston, I went, left uni and then I joined Bradford Bulls as like a community coach. So I'll go into schools and do stuff like that. Uh, into schools, their game day experiences... And then the university didn't have a coach. So I went, I went back and started coaching. That was the start of my adult coaching. Which, which uni was that? The Leeds one where you were? Uh, yeah, or? sorry, Leeds Trinity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you take them far? Did you win anything? Uh, we got to the semi-final of a... We got to the semi-final of a cup, I think, with 13 players. And, yeah, it, it were really good. It were really good. And I think we were third in league, maybe. Which isn't too bad for a little university from Oxford. We always pride ourselves on giving it a giving it a good go. Yeah, it wasn't a bad standard, was it? Because I spent a lot of Wednesday afternoons on the side of uh, university fields when Jamie played. I, I went to yeah. watch him. So we, we've I've stood at Bradford and Huddersfield and and played your Horsforth uh, place. And I've also seen some internationals as well. And it's not a bad standard, is it? No, not a bad standard at all. We had we had a lad playing for us who is now semi professional playing for Keith the Ben Sned, and he just. You made uni rugby look easy, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, really, really good standard. If, if you wanted to, you could always push through and play for England. And we had a coach, Richard Tate, who is the current England students head coach, mm -hmm. and he were he were really good. So when you're kind of at this level now, are you, are you kind of thinking to yourself, you'd love to kind of continue this path up to the professional game, or are you just kind of seeing where it takes you? Yeah, since I started coaching, I don't. It's been it's been a thing, you know. I'd, I'd love to do my level three, and I'd love to work alongside the people who are doing it. So, you, you know, you like to be really poaching. You've got Mark Applegaard, who I talked to quite a bit about stuff. And I just like to learn off them boys, really. Because am I, am I right in saying you did kind of a stats performance analysis type thing as well? 
Yeah, I used to I used to work, I used to do all the stats for Super League and NRL stuff. Um, so when I first came into coaching the ladies team, that's what I was doing alongside. So I was doing some assistant coaching stuff and then doing all the stats side of stuff. Because obviously today's modern rugby league game is very analytical and very stat-based. I guess any sport, really, but rugby league especially. Yeah, massively. Um, I didn't actually realise how stats-based it was until I started doing it. And it is like every pass, what type of pass it is. Is, is the tackle good? Is, is When you start reading into it, I think you can be there forever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it once again, you don't have to go into a, a full deep dive of it, but just give us an overview of what, what kind of you are looking at analytically-wise. Um, so when I came in, it was it was simple game day stuff. So I was just doing like, you know, just as errors as possession, you know. And then when I had when I got given the game, I was doing as tackles and stuff like that. It was just the basic stuff. And then what we do is we do video reviews, and then we go through stuff more in depth that way. So we'd show people what they were doing rather than just saying, "So you're doing this or you're doing this right or wrong." We'd show them the outcome rather than just saying it to them. Brilliant stuff. And, and I guess that transitions into you being a head coach as well. Yeah, it, yeah, it does help. Um, you know, again, because the girls are used to it now, they're just, they, you, ask, you get asked questions sometimes about, oh, what are my stats on this? And it, it's really good to see them asking because they obviously want to improve them. I was, I was going to say, do you use a lot of stats and, and, and that sort of stuff for the ladies now? Uh, we're starting to, yeah. So since I think for about, as long as I've been here, we've done stats and we try, we try to keep them on a big spreadsheet and do them that way. Um, video reviews we're doing more and more often because it was something the girls wanted to do to see where they were going wrong rather than, you know, someone just telling them because a lot of time the visual learners rather than audio sometimes. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. How, how did you end up at Bellevue then? Did you start with the foundation? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still with the foundation as well, so... My current job is Rugby League and Inclusion Officer. Right. So I, I work for the foundation, you know, you like to say five days a week, but then we play on weekends, so mm-hmm. it's definitely not. Um, and I oversee all our disability teams as well. Mm. What's an Inclusion Officer do then? Define that. Um, it, you know, I think it's just a, it's a fancy word for saying make sure his disability teams are all right. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I try, I try my best to give them what they need to, you know, when I first came in, they felt a bit excluded. So we were hoping to just bring them up to the point of feeling proud to play for us. And I, I hope they do. Well, they do when I kicked out there and they're instantly recognisable. You know, yeah. when they're walking around the field yesterday, you're trying to sort of look closely from a distance. Who were they? Because they wear exactly the same kit as everybody else these days. Yeah, that, that was a big thing we wanted to do, get them in the same kit off-field and on-field. Yeah. Um, they have got their own sponsors and, you know, we're massively thankful to them. We've got a sponsor called Medicrip, who's sponsored the small disability division. Mm. Um, and they provide like medical equipment and services all across the country, really. Um, but they are Wakefield fans, and they actually one of them actually helped sponsor Mac Jowett as well, one of the sponsors this year. Um, they beat Autism Boys, some of them have put some money in for us as well. So that's you know, we're massive on them. So do you follow those around? I know obviously you're deeply involved with the ladies, but when, when these sort of disability teams are, are playing in events in Warrington and Eastmore and Hull, and are you are you there with them following all the way around? Uh, when, when I can, obviously, yeah, like you said, I do some stuff with ladies. I've, I've been to all those local ones. Um, as physical disability have played really well this year. I think they were, I think they were, they, they like to keep a record and they were, I think they've lost one game all year. 
Um, so, you know, currently best team in the club. <laughs> um, there's a learning disability team. We're actually going to get the chance to play Magic Weekend this weekend as well. Uh, Half time one of the games. So that's going to be massive. So describe to anyone who, who wasn't aware, what, what, what kind of major rule differences is it to a, to a normal game or rugby league? So I'll take you through learning disability first. So that is a non-contact burden. So they wear tags. Um, and that can be from kids' age to any age. So, you know, that can start whenever. And it, it is really inclusive. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, really, watching it. You know, you've, you've got all different disabilities in there. and They are all just on one pitch together, representing the club that they, that they love. And then you've got your physical disability side where, you know, sometimes that is brutal to watch. They are just boys that wish they could play, boys and girls, sorry, but they wish they could have played for Wakefield that, go out there and just give it hammer every time they play. Um, rule difference-wise, they've got red shorts in there. So if someone's got red shorts on, they can't be tackled. And to tackle someone, they just play touch. Um, when that happens, they just slow it down for three seconds and then it gets played and they play on from there. Um, the pitch is brought in a little bit, not loads. I think it's 10 on either side, but they're still, they're still full across. Really, really good. And obviously, it's, it's a relatively new thing to the sport. How, how big do you think it can get? I, I think it should be and will be massive. Um, physical disability, they've got a World Cup this year. So we've just had a few boys go to a training camp for England. I was talking to them about the weekend and they're loving it. Uh, you know, they're loving it. I think Sean Briscoe coaches them. So again, that's another big name in the game. And it's, it's really good for them to go away and meet up with different teams and get the experience of what it's like being an international player. Learning disability, I think if we keep giving them the opportunities that the RFL are doing, like playing at the Magic Week and hopefully they're doing some stuff around the World Cup, you know, it's gonna it's just gonna get more and more people involved in the game, which is what we need. Yeah, I agree. And, and once again, it doesn't matter in what capacity, if people are involved in the game and they're managing to speak positively about the game, it's only good for the game, isn't it? Absolutely. Definitely so. So let's move on now. Obviously, uh, the Wakefield Trinity ladies head coach. Tell us a bit about the team because we, we, I mean, me and dad as followers anyway will know a couple of these girls' names, but the likes of Saskia Lewis, Abby Price, Phoebe Evans, you know, these names that you see on social media every week, but people might not be fully aware of who they are and what they're capable of. Yeah, they're a great bunch of girls. Um, Saskia actually works for the foundation as well, so I'm with Saskia quite a bit and she does the opposite side to my job so I deal with all the men's stuff and she deals with all the girls side of rugby um, but they are all just great people you've, you know, you've got completely different jobs in there we've got some that are painters and decorators you've got some that work at shops we've got from 16 to I think we've got 32 in this team so it, it's a great team and they are great to be amongst and you know they're just a great laugh some of them do they listen to you like the fellas do? Listen to Willie. The, well, the, the, you like the, to hope so. <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think they ask a few more questions maybe than the boys, but it's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. Yeah. Who's your star girls? Who's your star players? I noticed uh, Saskia Lewis is your captain. She wore orange boots yesterday, so she's she stood out yeah. well. <laughs> who's your other star girls? Who your uh, who are the match winners? Uh, well, you know, it, it is a tough one to pick. Is that but. We've got, a, we've got a young lass who plays at nine called Abby Millward and she's only 17. Um, she's currently being asked to play for Loughborough and stuff like that. And, you know, she's on dice for rugby union, so she's good in both codes. And she is 
for her age, outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she comes from Roger Millward. I think she's. I think that might be a relation somewhere, so that maybe he's passed that on somewhere. But she's a really good player. Um, you know, as as forwards as as forwards as a group, carriers a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we rely on them quite a lot because that's where most of the experience comes in because we are a young team. Mm-hmm. And just all across the board, really, I think anyone on any given day could show up and win the game for us. And there's a good bond between them as well, isn't there? Yes, the one yesterday. They beat Castleford 8-4 yesterday. It was a bit tight and it was 8-0 and yeah. Castleford scored in the last five minutes. But you could see how close they were at the end. It was it was a bit like watching the first team when they beat Hull and everybody jumped on top of each other. It was good to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely massive for us and it's a massive confidence boost as well. I think when we when we get a chance to sit down and watch it together, I think they'll go, oh, I'd love to put more points on there. But on the, on the day to us, it, it does not matter. It's two points on the board. It's beating them from down road. And it's, you know, it's, it's just having a lot of pride in ourselves in knowing we can do it. Can I ask you how the setup of the women's super women's season has gone? We know you played the Challenge Cup. You played three games there. You play out the Super League uh, Group 2. How does that work? Do you play everybody home and away in the playoffs or is there something else at the end of the season? Uh, yeah, so this season they changed it up. I can see they did the Challenge Cup first. Um, not a bad idea. I think it worked really well. You did have a big gap if you didn't go through though. So mm. I think we had like a massive, massive pre-season. I think longer than it ever needs to be. But, you know, I hope he's done some good. Um, you do play everyone home and away in your division. So obviously it's been in Super League 2. Our next two games are both Barrow at home and then Barrow away. <laughs> um, so that's two long trips for both teams. <laughs> uh, and then I think, yeah, and then it goes by who wins the league and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure whoever wins our league goes up. Mm-hmm. And it'll make it even that way because it's currently an odd split. It's currently seven and five. So you get a bye week every so often. Okay, fair enough. Interesting stuff. I mean, I, I've spoken to a couple of the um, girls previously who played Women's Rugby League and Super League, not just at Wakefield. And it seems to be a predominantly quite young sport. There's a lot of young girls. And if you, if you get into 21, 22, you see there's a bit of a veteran, aren't you, really? Yeah, it, I, th- I think it's very odd that way. You know, the, I think the core of our squad are only just out of the teens or two in them. So our more experienced players are like 24. <laughs> Where if, if, you, if you put that into the men's game, they might only just be breaking in. And it, it, it's mad, really. But even, even your international sides are young. How um, does that work out? Is it just a case of, you know, they might get to a certain age and decide to become mothers? Or, or is there something else working around that? I, 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 don't, I can't really pinpoint it, to be honest. Like, they seem to have a similar retirement age. But it just seems that you start a lot younger in this. I don't, I don't know if it's because of a smaller pool of players playing, in that it's not as saturated, and that if you are good at 17, you end up playing on these bigger stages. Interesting, interesting stuff. And finally, mate, how, how do you kind of see your time with, with the Wakefield ladies going? Are, are you just trying to maintain what you've got, or are you aiming, are you aiming for that top league? So when I first came in, obviously I've not been... I've not been head coach for long. Um, we were just trying to steady the ship, really, make sure everyone were all right, make sure everyone had everything they needed. Um, we did have, as ambition, obviously, from last season, you'll know, you'll know yourselves, it, it was tough. Tough one week in, week out. It wasn't, it wasn't a great watch and wasn't a great one to be a part of, but 
his ambition this year with the Metro, it won't happen again. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to guarantee it won't. Obviously, you never know what's going to happen, but that, that was his aim this year, not finish bottom and then keep building. And in a couple of years' time, maybe we're up there and fighting with the teams that we want to be fighting with. Are you happy where you just mentioned there one of your targets was not to finish bottom? Are you happy where you are at the moment? Because you've played five, you've won one, you're not bottom, but you've got some tough teams in your league, haven't you? Warrington, Featherstone, um, they've, they've given you some thumpings. Yeah, um, Warrington's always going to be a tough one. Um, they maybe should have been up one, and I, I, I do think they would compete up there. Um, when I spoke to staff from there, they said they want to have that one year and then go up and feel the bang ready for it, and that's you know fair enough to them. I do think they're going to give the majority of the teams quite a, a tough, tough game this year. Um, Fev, it's always a tough game. Again, it's another derby for us. Mm. And I think, you know, that is the best we've played this year for about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we came down and had to go up in the second half, it was real tough for us. Because mm-hmm. um, Fev, uh, you know, they're a, they're a big set of forwards and they're tough to play against. They're, you know, they're a tough set of lasses. And, and the, other, the, the other thing I noticed yesterday, obviously following Trinity for a long time, um, when, when did you start? 2020, was it, when you joined Trinity? Yes. Yeah. So you meet in 2019, we played Castleford at home and lost 100-0. So yeah. yesterday, yesterday winning 8-4, it's only three years apart, the teams are totally different, the setup's totally different, but that's one hell of a turnaround for you, mate, isn't it? Yeah, massive. Um, I didn't actually... I didn't. I didn't actually look, I don't like looking back at some results sometimes and then I didn't yeah. actually see it until you guys put it on Twitter yesterday and I thought, hey, you know what, it is massive. And it's massive for the girls that have been there from 2019 until now mm. because the, the difference in them, it must be, I know I know teams have changed and stuff like that. Cass have lost players, you know, but it's still, it still shows massive, massive improvements on our end. And it's also the upper level as well this year. You know, for, for uh, outsiders looking in, St. Helens have run away with the game over the last few years. They remind mm. me a bit of the Wigan of the 90s where they seem to have, didn't have a salary cap, but it's all the best players and, and off the go. This season, they've lost to York and they've lost to Leeds. So that top of Super League Group 1, it's a bit of a leveller this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's good to see more than two teams be at the top. Mm. Um, I know a lot, of, a lot of people might speak about the way that York did it, but it's happened and if anything it's levelled the game out up top and I think it's only going to make our national team better that way but there's going to be more competition mm, Exactly uh, and one well, last question from me uh, how do you get in with John Eaton? John Eaton's an old friend of ours he used to work with us so oh, I know he's part and parcel of your team uh, Mr International Natural Bodybuilder World Champion many years ago yeah, has he yeah, told yeah. you that? No he's never mentioned it <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, no he's a great bloke John get along with him massively um, you know, he's great value to us both knowledge-wise and personality-wise. Um, you know, if there's ever a dull moment, you know, he's, you know, he's going to come up with a comment somewhere. Yeah. You know, I know he's a massive help to the girls and he just, he wants them to be the best they can be. Um, and he's just someone we get along with. I know sometimes he, uh, he's, he's quick on the beers on the presentation nights, but he's... Uh, he loves his music as well. Keeps trying to plug his band for us. Keeps trying to get his band to play at time at Wakey Games. And last but not least, Charlie, we said this to Phoebe as well, but if anybody's listening to this for the, for the first time in terms of uh, thinking about the women's game or coming down to watch and they're a bit indecisive, what, what, what can you say to publicise our team and our game and 
and get him down to come to come watch you? It's you know it, it's just a great environment. It it don't matter whether you you know we've, we've got girls that haven't played a game of rugby league before and they are fitting in and they're having a great time doing it as well. And if they're willing to learn and they're willing to you know listen and put the work in, then we're happy to have them. Um, to the game itself, again, it, it's so in, inclusive age-wise, and it it can be really really easy to get into if you just want it. Very, very good, mate. Very good to And it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job down there. Obviously, two wins this season, both against Casa. Even better for everybody else listening as well. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Doty, thank you so much, mate, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. Excellent stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 45 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. You can find us on podcasting platforms worldwide and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for, for real-time updates. Massive thank you to my co-host, Lee Robinson. Thank you once again to Charlie Doherty. I have been... Jamie Robinson, and we will catch you all down the road. Hi, it's Cammy Triscamara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable.